Say cheese, Katie. I'm going to make you an Instagram star. <laughs> the hopes of fetch depend on, on, on our ability to do that. It doesn't really, but I just thought, like, wouldn't it be nice to, to take on Instagram and win mm-hmm. or something like that? I don't know. Someone had told you that you'd won the internet. Yeah. Yeah. What was that all about? May the 4th. Oh, right, yeah, Star Wars pictures. That's it, I remember. They're a lot of fun to do, anyway. Mm. Cool. Um, so, uh, it's the Fetch Everyone Weekly Podcast, everybody. So there's no need for us to say, can you guess who it is? Because, as everybody knows, it was the masked fetchy. Yep. But, can you guess who it is? I'll give you a clue, it's not me. Leave your comments, and thank you very much to the masked fetchy for sending that contribution in. Um, have you got any idea who it is, Katie? I do. You do? Mm. Okay. Yeah. I do have ideas, but I'm keeping them to myself. Yeah. I feel fairly certain, I think. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Let us know, Fetchies. Visit fetcheveryone.com forward slash podcast with any comments you want to make about mm. our podcast um, or anything else that you want to get off your chest. Yeah. Frankly. Um, and as I always like to say at the start, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Hit the subscribe button on whatever it is that you're listening to this uh, podcast on and you should get... A little reminder every time we um, record another episode from our daily doings. And like I said, visit fetchhaven.com forward slash podcast to leave a comment. Um, Are you subscribed? To myself? Mm -hmm. No, I just have the archers. (laughs) I'm subscribed. I have it on my um, my podcast app on my phone. Yeah. And given how long you spend sort of doing the editing and, and checking through for swear words and, and mm. things like that. Do you ever go back and listen to them again? I do, yeah, actually, yeah. I do, because I quite like to do sort of a little bit of um, quality control yeah. on what I've put live, and so I do. And weirdly, and this is a bit weird, I think, I quite enjoy listening to them. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird, isn't it? Um, and what are your quality control findings? Have you anything to report back to the... I did find one. Oh, gosh, there was one. I think it might have been one of the more recent podcasts, and I didn't listen to all of it, um, but there was a bit that I'd spliced together that was not spliced very well at all. And I, I yeah. can remember doing it, and I can remember getting in a bit of a pickle over it. So, oh dear. So I did find it. But generally, it's all right, actually, because it's not that complicated a job. Yeah. All in all. You see it occasionally on the TV as well. So if, yeah. the, if the professional editors and whatnot and Yeah, and on people... other podcasts. I mean, I listen yeah. to quite a lot of podcasts and, and sometimes you go, oh, I've re- I have really noticed that little yeah. bit there. There's, there's a change in tone of voice and there's a change in the continuity. It's yeah. hard to like put your finger on exactly what it is, but it's almost like just a, a change in the way the person is, is speaking. They've obviously chucked out a... A big chunk of of talking, but no, it's yeah. all usually it's all right. But any scene where someone's got a drink, if you watch the drink, sometimes it's full, sometimes it's empty, and whatever. Or even like the other day, there was a scene where two people were walking in the wind, and their their hair was in different places each time it cut from one person to the other. And I know that it would have been moving around in the wind, but it was obviously yeah. not. I'm eternally grateful that I'm just dealing with audio. Yeah. Yes. As I'm sure are all of you lovely fetchies. Um, mm. So, 
Where are you, Katie? Because you haven't actually confirmed this. I'm here. Okay. And that's your catchphrase, it isn't is it? It is my catchphrase. Yeah. yeah. We were talking in the car yesterday about catchphrases. and mm. um, Yeah, I don't seem to have one. Or do I? Or no, I've got lots, but mm. well, they're mostly not for publication. We'd been to the Isle of Wight for um, a bit of a kind of pilgrimage to scatter my dad's ashes and my dad was an, the king of the catchphrase, really. Um, he, he didn't know that. He didn't realise it, um, which I found out just very shortly before he died that he didn't realise he was known for his catchphrases. Um, so we were talking about that, and, but then we got on to what, what catchphrases do we have? And, um, yeah, mine is a, quite a simple one, really. I'm here. <laughs> Yours. What was yours that we sort of came up with in the end? I don't know. Normally I'm just sort of doing the whole Johnny Morris thing with seagulls. Oh, and, yes. Um, I don't know. Oh, I remember the one that I thought of for you, which is I tried that once. Yeah. Which can relate to anything at all, really. Yeah. It's like... Especially something that you say. You don't mean it to sound a bit naughty, but it does sound a bit naughty. Yeah, or, yeah, my my auntie had one of those, but the leg fell off or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's all in the same vein, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yeah. What's your catchphrase, Fetchy? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, have you had a good week of training? I've had um, a busy week of walking is the way I'd yeah. characterise it. 23 and a half miles is the, the walking total this week. And um, I also swam three times in the lake, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, which was really, really nice. Yeah, and with you for the one on Friday, and it looked pretty awesome. It was. Friday was lovely. So Friday was my birthday swim, and that was really nice. Thank you for my birthday wishes on the on the thread. It was lovely. Um, and, um, yeah, it's been lovely at the lake. It was a bit chopsy on Wednesday night when I went. Um, I'd done one loop... And obviously, during the time that I was swimming back from the from the first loop, the wind had decided to to leap up a little bit further because when I turned to do a bit more, I was getting regularly thwacked in the face by little waves at box end. Um, but it's all good. I quite like that. I quite like that sort of swim in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but the- twenty three miles, you say. 23 of miles of walking, yeah. Why yeah. have you got more than that? No, but I, I, I'm quite <laughs> pleased with my total. I've got 21.6 miles of walking yeah. in the week. That's I'm good. quite happy with that. Um, we did, it must have been about 16 of those over the last, uh, well, over Saturday and Sunday yes. down on the Isle of Wight. Yeah. Um, and I have to report that um, I came downstairs this morning to make the tea and normally, after I start a kettle on to boil, the next thing I do is go and let the dogs out of the, the side room so that they can go out for a pee and whatever they want to do. And and your dog leapt up and was all sort of, right, let's go, time to go do this. And Stephen got up, had a little bit of a stretch, and then just went back to bed. <laughs> so he did all of the walking with us on the, yeah. on the weekend. And, you know, being a dog, he probably did quite a bit more as well because it's running around when you're a dog. Yeah. Um, and just to clarify, my dog isn't, like, super fit and did all the walking with us and is still sort of um, chomping at the bit. She spent the weekend with my mum, so she had a bit of a gentler weekend. She probably spent the entire weekend on a pillow being fed grapes or something <laughs> like that, or dog grapes. Yeah, she has, <laughs> she has pretty much got my mother exactly where she would like her. Yeah. Uh, in terms of she's trained my mother up perfectly to do yeah. her bidding so um yeah so Stephen yeah he's a bit knackered he's nowhere to be seen actually yeah and um he didn't even come out while we were eating some toast and making our podcast podcast yeah notes um normally he'll he'll come and sit and beg for yeah. for crust he knows but... he gets a bit of toast at the end of the the the, the slice yeah one of the walks that we did ended up being a night hike on the return part of it because we decided that 
um, we would walk to my stepmother's house for um, the evening meal that she'd planned, which was uh, absolutely humongous Chinese takeaway, which was fab. Um, and so we walked from Vembridge on the Isle of Wight to Yavaland or Yavaland, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, and we decided we wanted to do lovely sort of footpaths and used our OS app to do that. And it was beautiful. So it was start at Benbridge, past Benbridge Windmill, and then across fields, um, Benbridge Marshes, um, or is it Braiding Marshes? Braiding Marshes, I think. Braiding Marshes. And then through um, Centurion Copse, which was a very pretty woodland bit. And um, Wine Legs and I have been keeping our eyes peeled for um, wild garlic in Bedfordshire. Apparently it's it's really rare at the moment. There's not been a good year for it, or maybe it just, I don't know. I have to find out why it is so rare at the moment in Bedfordshire. But we were in this woodland bit and um, I saw this little clump and I thought, oh, that looks like the Wikipedia photo I saw of this. And But Dan had smell, certainly was wild garlic. And then we went round the corner, didn't we, from this little one little clump. So I was like, right, remember where that small clump of wild garlic is? We went round the corner and there was just literally a carpet. Whole place was stuffed with it. <laughs> it was just everywhere, everywhere. Um, and the funniest bit of it all was that the next morning I walked out of our B and B and walked past a whole carpet again of wild garlic just in their garden. Um, so it's just everywhere on the Isle of Wight. Obviously, good conditions for it. The right soil, I suppose. The right type of weather and everything but yeah. I kind of regret that we didn't like turf some up and bring it home to have a, have a try of eating it yeah yeah definitely would be nice to to harvest some wouldn't it um, yeah. but it wasn't a difficult place to get to on that walk but that walk was lovely so we yeah. we walked all the way there obviously and um, had our evening meal and then we kind of we left them they were opening a bottle of port and getting onto the cheese and we left them and uh, and got back on our walk before the um, the darkness sort of became too dark. But Ian had a, a head torch on. Yeah, you've got a lovely picture of me with a rectangle sort of yeah. pressed into my head, haven't you? Yeah, so I will post that up. Um, and we walked back. We managed to get all the way back pretty much to Centurion's Cops and the airfield, which is just beyond that, and the marshes. And then it was really starting to get quite dusky. And by the time we got back to the cow field, which is below the windmill, yeah. it was properly dark. Yeah, the head torch was picking up the reflections in the cow's eyes, which was yeah, yeah, more sinister than you might imagine, really. Yeah. Or, I don't know, as sinister as you might imagine, depending on your view on yeah. all of that. That was the point at which I asked you to turn off the head torch for a bit so that we could <laughs> not see the scary cows. Well, that they would not see us as well. Yeah. yeah. Where got, have they gone? They it got very appear. interested and all stood up at once and it was all just feeling a bit kind of... Anyway, it was fine. And yeah. We got back to our B&B and we were all absolutely shattered, weren't we? Yeah, Stephen got straight into his bed. Um, and the only thing we heard from him then until the following morning was at some point in the very darkest hours of night, he decided that he wanted to go and finish off his food He's got a metal tag around his neck with his name on it, and he's got a metal bowl, so there was this clang, 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 crunch, crunch, crunch um, in the middle of the night, which was kind of fun. I was willing to wait it out until he'd, like, finished eating it. No, I was not. (laughs) No. I went and took the bowl away from him. Yeah. Um, But no, it was a a great walk. So so the there and back was about 7.6, wasn't it? Yeah. So it was about an hour and 20 each way. which we'd sort of not... When we first thought about doing it, we were imagining it was going to be a bit less than that, I think. But yeah. um, but we were quite willing to take it on. And it worked out yeah, really it nicely. Cool. It really was good. really lovely. Yeah, it was lovely walking through the dusk. Yeah. And the following morning I went out to... Um, there was one conquer-sized zone that um, was going to be really easy to get to. I literally had to go out of the door and turn right and I was already in that new zone that I hadn't got to before. Um, but it was only when I got back and looked at how far I'd got that I must have been within centimetres of getting another two zones. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bit annoyed about that. It's nice to sort of 
I'm, I'm slowly colouring in that right-hand corner of the Isle of Wight. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a bit annoyed that I didn't get those. But We could know, do with a longer trip. Breaks. We could do with a longer trip, really, couldn't we? But yeah. we've, we've just been, obviously, restricted by all of the restrictions that there are. Yeah. Um, and the ferry back on Sunday, obviously things are heating up now. Self-catering um, accommodation is available because, um, yeah, the, the ferry was pretty full probably one of the fullest ones I've been on in about a year, I think. Yeah. Um, um, Indoors, the mass compliance was pretty good, but outdoors, it was about 5 or 10% of people were wearing masks out, yeah. out on the deck. And it's probably fine, but we were sat there going, well, we're going to just follow the rules. Yeah, the, the rule is that if you're on the ferry, wherever you're on the ferry, you're supposed to be in a mask at the moment. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, with the allowance of buying drinks and snacks on yeah. board which for a long time those were closed but now they're open again and people really do kind of stretch it out and leave their masks off but outside I think a lot of the people just did not yeah it is fresh air it um, is it's difficult to feel like it's unsafe but it's still it is still the ruling of the the um, public transport that you you wear it and it's usually said in the announcement by the captain but it wasn't said specifically about outdoor spaces he just said if you're on board which in theory covers it but the previous one said indoors or outdoors yeah so I don't know. I mean, it's we just had good the, fun glaring at people. Well, we were there were just a lot of us in that outside space, weren't there? Yeah. I mean, a lot. We were yeah. all that. There was a pretty, pretty much a a rush for the outdoor spaces, um, but it was just busy everywhere. So yeah. that was a little bit unnerving, I suppose. Um, but anyway, all all good. We got home safely with an exhausted dog. <laughs> We will let you know if he surfaces at any point during the rest of this recording. But um, Anyway, I've talked about my training for ages. <laughs> you talk about your training. Well, I've now. chipped in with a bit of mine as well, because I did virtually all of that walking with you, I think. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I got my three runs in. So the one on Sunday was a bit of a shorter one because we were a bit pushed for time. So I just got out for half an hour. Um, but I did two other nice, uh, nice long runs. Um, and I've been really enjoying doing a bit more exploring and, and, and picking off paths that I wouldn't previously have gone down. Um, because I've been doing this Instagram thing, um, I want to like find new things to take photos of. Yeah. Um, so one is kind of feeding into the other one, which is pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it really helps with your distance as well because you think, oh, I'm just going to go and see what's, you know, through those bushes on the, you know, mm. whatever. Um, and then all of a sudden you've, you've, you've done an extra mile just sort of poodling about and, and you, all you can think about is like, oh, where am I going rather than mm. how far am I going? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So 16 miles this week, 19 miles the week before that, three runs each week. So that's my, my, you know, initial goal. And then there's lots of walking in between, which is, Hopefully yeah. doing me good. Um, but I think I'll join Stephen in having a rest day today. Yes, me too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. I've got a lot of other stuff to do as well today, so but it fits well. Yeah. Cool. Uh, site features. Um, so I took Friday off because of Katie's birthday and I had Monday off because it was bank holiday. So um, a little... Um, sandwiched kind of week um but if you set yourself a mileage target like you know a thousand miles for the year something like that um you will now get a notification when you hit it so i know lots of you are quite a way off getting to that if you set yourself a sensible target but there are definitely people who appear to have misunderstood like there's someone who set themselves a target of 50 miles um now, if 50 miles is, is, you know, what your aim for the whole year is, that's fine. There will be people who maybe have never run before who are like, well, wow, if I can get 50 miles for the whole year, that'll be great. And it is great if you've never done it before. Fantastic. Mm. Um, but there's, there was someone who had a target of 50 miles who'd already run like 275 miles. So I think their, their interpretation was 
that they've got one mm-hmm. big run of 50 miles that they want to do and that's their goal for the year right. but that's not what the targets are all about yeah. it's yeah, about yeah. your total mileage um so anyway hopefully those notifications will encourage people to take a look if they've got it a little bit wrong um and if you've smashed your target already to you know nudge it up a bit if you want or sit and rest on your laurels and enjoy the fact that you've beaten it so that's that um talking about people who've done nutty mileage already and we've got a winner of the castle challenge i say winner you're all winners um but i mean a first finisher shall we say that's very parkrun isn't it it's very pc i'd say yeah well, why not? Anyway, um, we have a first finisher in the Castle yeah. Challenge, and that's Lime Green Jelly or Welly. I forget which way around she likes it. Mm. Um, she's popping up on social media as Welly, I think. But anyway, I think she's Jelly on the site. Yeah, that's that makes more sense. Um, anyway, she did six hundred miles in of running and walking in precisely thirty-five days. <laughs> 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 Amazing. So it puts us all to shame, really. Um, and there's been a lot of talk on the Castle Challenge um, thread about whether or not she will, you know, either sign up again and 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 beat everybody once again, or or run the course in reverse and high five everybody on the way back. Um, none of which my code is set up to do, but you know, well mm. done anyway. Um, it's it's a great thing. We've all been watching watching her progress. Um, with you know jaws on the floor kind of thing because yeah. it's quite amazing um we've got two more we've got jay fire and sushi who are both on about 550 miles at the moment so they're kind of neck and neck and have yeah. stayed neck and neck throughout so who's gonna who's yeah. gonna finish first in that one um but how are you doing anyway where are you at with it on the castle challenge mm-hmm. okay i'm sorry i was just didn't get my how many miles i've walked in in april and may um, I am at a hundred, can't find myself one second, uh, yes, I'm on 138, I'm just behind Silver Shadow on, on this list I'm looking at, which is the people I follow list, so I'm just two miles behind Silver Shadow, and, um, so we're, we're coming up to checkpoint three, I guess, the two of us will probably get through checkpoint three this week, Monmouth. Um, and I looked at my my street view yesterday, and it was another really nice, pretty photograph, mainly of the sky. I was in, enjoying the sky in the photograph. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just nice staying ahead of the dragon. So we've built up a bit of a dragon's on 129 today, um, and I think yeah. So we've got a, a nice bit of a bit of a gap there. So yeah. be gone, dragon. Mhm. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying looking at the map of where I am and, and just... Yeah, it's yeah. nice. And um, I'm pleased to say that um, Singe, who came up with the route, that's a good name for someone who's being chased by a dragon, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Indeed. I've only just realised that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's one member of the month. Good. So um, by... By quite some way. Well done, Singed. Lots of people enjoying the challenge, yeah. so well done to him. And I hope you don't get singed. Um, and finally, um, I mentioned Instagram, so I'm going to mention it again because, mm. you know, that's how I roll. Yep. So if you're not following me on Instagram already, um, my Instagram handle is at fetcheveryone. Um, and look out for a post on there, which is me holding a Fitbit, looking in shock and awe at it. Uh, and if you so if you follow me leave a comment tag a friend you can be in with a chance of winning that and i'll pick a winner out on wednesday um that's wednesday the 12th of may for anybody who's listening to this podcast a bit later on Mm. um so hopefully you won't miss out on that chance um so yeah the whole idea of that competition is to help encourage you know people to spread the word a little bit about fetch everyone um and yeah i'm just really enjoying the photography challenge as well apart from anything else and if you haven't seen ian for a while then it's probably best you go and check out instagram to see what he looks like these days because most people don't recognize him yeah i've uh had multiple people now sort of shy away (laughs) (laughs) or you know start reaching in their bag for their you know defense mechanism or you know to, to call the police or whatever 
It is quite interesting. If you scroll down, there's a picture of us wearing our um, outdoor outdoors in um, beanies. Yes. And you're beardless. And yeah. it is, it's a massive change. I don't think you realise what a massive visual change it makes your beard to your face. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the, there's some pictures where it was pre-beard trim, wasn't it? Some of the pictures. Yeah. And then you've you've had a beard trim now. So yeah, so it's looking it's relatively smart and tidy. Yeah, now. and and a haircut. And so. a haircut, yeah. So I'm I'm quite happy with it actually. I mean, and not one to sort of brag about my own appearance, but I'm quite happy with it. I I like it. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Suits you, love. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, and there's some really lovely pictures from our weekend walking on the Isle of Wight as well. Um, and the yeah, it's just really it's such a pretty island. It's a shame it's so difficult to get there. Or maybe it's good that it's difficult to get there. Yeah, it should be harder to get. (laughs) So that's what I've been doing round and about the site. Hopefully this week I've got a full five-day week ready to to go. No excuses, get on with uh, it. It's going to be brilliant. Okay. That's all I can say. I don't know whether how I back that up. (laughs) Anyway, you wanted to... um, Well, we... We need to talk about the comments from people. Yeah, we had we had a lot of comments because it's been two weeks. So forgive me, Fetchies, if I don't mention your comment because um, there was just a lot of pages to look at. But um, obviously, it's important that we talk about biscuits because there was a lot of controversy about the biscuits, um, and I don't want to leave any biscuit out. So maybe I shouldn't mention any one biscuit. Although I have to say, Garibaldi's were a childhood favourite of mine, mainly because they were a massive favourite of my mum's. So um, they have a very special place in my heart. <laughs> I've never <laughs> in your been arteries. A, I've, ne- yeah. I've never been a jammy dodger person ever. Yeah. I've just never. I've always looked at those and just thought, I just don't get it. No biscuit left behind. That should be a yeah. like the motto for for something. I don't yeah. know what. Don't no jammy dodgers. I I I agree with you. Yeah, I don't, don't get that. Um, yeah. But totally agree um, that di- chocolate digestive is, is up there. Yeah. And shortbread. Yeah. But chocolate anyway, hobnobs. Chocolate hobnobs are awesome. Greater than chocolate digestives, mm, I would argue. Maybe. Yeah. Um, my childhood biscuit uh, mm. <laughs> was uh, custard creams, although I used to call them cream custards for uh. reasons I'm not quite... Yeah. Okay with. Um, uh-huh. uh, but then we had to have it put down and Dad just told me that we'd taken it to a farm two towns over, but really he'd eaten it. <laughs> uh, oh, I remember my childhood biscuit. Um, no, they're delicious though. They still are. That You can just sort of post them in one after another oh, sometimes. No, that's the problem though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there's a lovely picture on the thread of um, Sai uh, ignoring the warm-up lady. Oh. <laughs> who is doing her best, obviously, but he's just luckily in, in fetch camouflage, so you don't hardly notice him yeah, at all. He, yeah, he had to, you know, point out where he was. Which for. one was that? Which which top was that? What was it called? Was it an anniversary top or a... I think that's the 15th anniversary top. It's the one with sort of Big chevrons sets. on it. Yeah. It's um, kind of almost the Dennis the Menace of fetch tops. Um, mm. And Sai definitely looked like he deserved an asbo standing there like... Yeah. I think he had his arms folded, just going, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm even making it clear to you all that my arms are not getting involved in this yes. display. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dio asked, sorry, I know you say Dio, uh, asked what time uh, the biscuit incident was. And that just tells me everything I need to know, really, that uh, we are not in alignment in our views on biscuits because you don't need to know the time. It's just not relevant to this. TikTok, it's biscuit o'clock. That's all you need to know. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was that there was a, a, a couple of pages of chat or a page of chat or so um, of um, some of the more northern fetchies talking about meeting up and particular races that they're thinking of doing. And I thought, oh, that's really nice. And it reminded me of the fetchy meetup thread. So um, make sure you check that thread out. And that's the thread I'm highlighting this week, actually, is um, is that one because... Um, there are some, um, but now we're coming out of the, the, the old lockdown and, you know, numbers are going up for the numbers of people that can meet, then, you know, you can start really cracking on and 
and planning meetups, and that would be really nice, I think. Yeah, my thread's called Fetch Meetups. Fetch Meetups. That's what it says on the tin. Lovely. Uh, the Sheepy Shuffle, did you have, you were going to have a look at that for me and see if it was... It's been added as a race listing for the 1st of July. Okay. Um, but I think you, you, you don't, ha- I know that you don't have to do it on the 1st of July. There's a, a time yes. span uh, in which you can complete it and I think you can run it or walk it or whatever you want to do or crawl it or dress up as a sheep and sort of gamble your way through it if you really want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it is there as a race listing. So stick that in your portfolio if you're planning to do it. Yeah. Um, and, um, yes, I think Fenland Flyer posted a link to more information on the podcast thread as well. Yeah. Um, so go look that up and you'll be helping some retired sheep to yeah. enjoy their, their last few years or however long they've got. Yeah. And, and Jovial Gnome is doing an absolutely amazing job there of, giving them a lovely life and he's got to look after their vet's bills and their feed and all of that stuff so yeah um yeah um and the last thing i was going to say was thank you i remembered to buy my my hand sanitizer so um all good there and if anyone out there is using a lot of ppe and isn't somewhere where they get their ppe disposal done for them i.e bit like me work from home or work in their own clinic or whatever I have just discovered this service, which I'm still looking into a bit, um, just to check it's all good and all above board and everything. The Fetch Everyone Corporation does not necessarily endorse any third-party products. Or, uh, uh. Good. There we go. That was our legal team. And, um, yeah, it's a bit, basically you get sent a big cardboard bin uh, that takes... Well, a varying amounts, but the one that I was looking at takes 120 litres of PPE and a bag inside it, inside the cardboard bin. And you can put into the bin your masks, your aprons, your gloves, all things that I'm required to wear for every single person I see. Um, and you can put lateral flow tests in there, which again is another thing that I'm doing, so more plastic. Um, so you can put all of that in there and they recycle it in their own factory from what I can work out and they change it into this board which can be used for outdoor building of stuff like sheds or whatever I think it's kind of quite versatile um so I'm looking into that I'm not going to mention the name of the company right now um but if anyone does want to get a link to that from me then just f mail me that's fine um because I'm keen I feel horrible about the amount of stuff that I'm putting into landfill. Um, so, yeah. So that was cool. something that was else that idea. kind of came out of the comments from users. Otherwise, that's pretty much me all, all done. Cool. Yeah, me too, I think. Um, so this week we've got a member of the month interview yes. for you. And in sort of chain reaction style, um, this time it's Ed J interviewing Groundhog. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 33 minutes, so buckle up and enjoy those two having a chat, and we'll be back right at the end just to say goodbye. Hello, Fetchies. This is Ed J bringing you your Fetch Everyone Member of the Month interview with Groundhog. Fetch Everyone is the website for runners, cyclists, swimmers, walkers, well, anyone really, that doesn't hide its good bits behind a paywall. So welcome to the virtual studio, Groundhog, and congratulations on your Member of the Month award. Well, thanks very much, Ed. That's uh, it's brilliant. Great to be here. Thank you. So on to the questions. And the first one is from Serendipoli, who asks, what inspired you to embark on the 100 Marathon Challenge? Um, well, I, I managed to get a, um, a place in London Marathon in 2013 after having tried for two or three years, um, not really being a distance runner, um, I've managed to do a couple of half marathons, but I got a place through my club, uh, Sanders Joggers, and I trained well for that, followed a plan, um, had a target of uh, four hours 30. Uh, unfortunately, I managed to get injured just before um, the race, and I missed my target by five minutes. So <laughs> that, if I'd actually hit my 4.30 target, I think I might have just said, right, that's enough. <laughs> that's it. Done it, um, tick the box. Yeah. Uh, but I had a um, another go at the marathon um, later in the year at Portsmouth, 
and I managed to get uh, 4.15 time. And then somebody said, oh, well, you're close to four. You could go sub four. And you can see what's happening here. There's just <laughs> one more target, one more target. And then um, a little while later, um, after I'd managed to break that four-hour target, um, a friend of mine in the club was um, doing a uh, for charity. He was trying to do 50 marathons in a year, 52 in a year. And um, he said, uh, did you know there are fewer people reaching 100 marathons total each year than there are that climb Everest? And I thought, well, I really don't like heights, so I'll have a go at running to 100 marathons. Um, so that's really where it started. Cool. I don't know whether the 100 marathons would be cheaper than Everest or not. Either, but... I think it is. It costs you about, um, as a minimum, 10,000, between 10,000 and 30,000. I checked it out to go and climb Everest. <laughs> um, and um, uh, it's, well, if you imagine 100 times about 30 or 40 quid. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So you're in you're in less than five thousand pounds to uh, run a hundred marathons. It's pretty that's, bit safer as well. That's including all the shoes you end up buying. <laughs> you never have enough shoes, okay? <laughs> yeah. So TB follows on from that, saying, "Congratulations. Where and when are you planning to do your hundredth marathon, and what well, will your running focus be once you've completed it?" Oh yes. Um, so a uh, hundredth marathon. Um, that was supposed to be the end of March. Um, if I'd been able to do the marathons that I wanted to in January and February, and I had a couple planned in March, but they were all cancelled because of lockdown. Um, and I've only just been able to get back um, to running an event, which I did um, on the 3rd of April, which means I've now done 97. I've got a couple more booked, um, one at the end of April, one in mid-May, and then I'm hoping for early June and there's a, a rumour from um, the guys at Saturn running that they're going to put on an event uh, especially for me uh, locally at um, the Frimley Lodge Park where there's a park run um, so uh, from the park and along the Basingstoke Canal so that could be um, a really nice event that loads of people I know could turn up to. Excellent. Um, beyond the marathon running um, I uh, running so many marathons in a year and I've been doing 14 or 15 every year for the last four or five years um, really takes quite a toll on me. Um, so I'm not quick. I'm not fit. Um, and and I thought a really nice thing would be to actually train for a marathon because um, I quite like the training. I've got no fear of that sort of getting up to 20 miles and then actually doing the event because they're just kind of second nature to me now. And I actually really like training for them um, and getting to do lots of different things, speed work and intervals yep. and all these sorts of things. Um, yeah, so that's what I'd want to do is have a go at getting close to my PB. And that, that might happen for this year's London Marathon um, in October. So I'll, I'll give myself a good big break and do some proper training. Mm. Yeah. Cool. Other than that, just enjoy different places i think that was that would be the the best sort of thing for me yeah that sounds good and speaking of which christy asks if you could choose one person with whom to run a scenic half marathon trail not as a race who would that be um i i did have a, a sort of rack my brains about um who i'd really like to have a run with and um and i was thinking you know oh would it be somebody really famous or something like that and then actually um i thought if i could go for a run with um nrg from um fetch then that would be brilliant because i think some some really good things that have to happen for her to be able to be in a position to um go for a run both in terms of fitness and um and mental health all sorts of things and um i think that would be amazing um we've talked i've had my own sort of um personal issues and actually energy has been really helpful um we've kind of helped each other in in the sort of lockdown period where um we both had uh, issues to go through and um not only has she dealt with her own 
um, uh, been dealing with her own problems, but she's been very helpful using her experience to help others as well. So, yeah, that would be nice. Run with another fetching. That would yeah. be something to really look forward to. That does sound good. Um, so now a question from our regular correspondent, Pedro Scales, who asks, if time and money were no object, what race or route would you love to run? Um, oh, yeah. Now, uh, I would think, I, I mean, I love doing marathons. And, um, really? <laughs> I, uh, but I, I've, I've, I've run in um, the UK, all of them in the UK. Um, and all of them, nearly all of them in the in the south of England, the furthest north I've been is um, doing Boston Marathon, uh, Lincolnshire. <laughs> so not the Boston, but the other Boston, the original Boston. Um, so <laughs> um, and uh, and something more sort of further afield. I, I'm kind of um, like the idea of exploring. I like the idea of um, maybe doing um, something that's up beyond the Arctic Circle, like Tromso um, Marathon, Midnight Sun, um, that would be uh, really interesting to me. But another one I've heard really, really good things about is uh, Loch Ness Marathon. So um, doing that as a as a marathon um, would be brilliant. My, my other running passion is doing um, park runs, and I've um, if it wasn't for lockdown, I'd be over 500 park runs by now. Wow. Um, and uh, um, uh, so there are some um, there are some that I'd really like to to do. Um, I thought uh, Chrissy Field by the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco mm-hmm. um, and Cape Pembroke for a really out of the way one that's on the Falkland Islands. And um, and then I had a really unpronounceable one in Tokyo because <laughs> I'd really like to go to Japan. Um, Futo Kotamagawa Park Run. Um, well, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm thrilled I managed to do that all in one go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you took 15 edits to get that right, didn't it? So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, right, yeah, so that's that's it, really. It's um, a few out-of-the-way exotic marathons mm. and a few yeah. out-of-the-way exotic park runs. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Sounds good. Well, now you have a chance to design your own because McGowan asks, after he says, well done, highly deserved. You have been asked or have decided to invent your own race of whatever distance and terrain you fancy. What okay. and where would it be? Yeah. Um, well, as far as where it would be, um, I've had some really good running experience down in Dorset. Uh, for example, with um, uh, White Star Running doing um, things like the Giant's Head Marathon. Um, absolutely stunning countryside. Um, are really great places to run around there um, and um, loads of cream teas and that sort of thing <laughs> and great ice cream and beer as well so um, all of these you can see these are the kind of things that I'm sort of thinking of but really um, the sorts of races that I like doing I love doing a marathon but I that really excludes a lot of people so if I had a race then I'd have something where um, everybody could start together but you could do any distance you like sort of doing a um, 5, 10K half marathon or full marathon. Um, everybody has a, a great big party and camping over the weekend and um, every gets, everybody gets a massive ice cream at the end as well. So um, that would be uh, um, one of my favourite kind of uh, runs. That sounds good. Get as many people as possible. Everybody enjoy their run and, uh, and be as inclusive as possible. Sign me up, especially for the ice cream. Yeah. So our next question, Kaz asks, well done, GH. If you were able to get golden tickets to any sporting event, what would you pick to watch? Yeah, now I I, I have a couple of sort of passions as far as um, uh, sports are concerned. I'm not massively into football. I follow that occasionally. But really what I like is um, cycling and athletics. And, and cycling, I've never been to see any bit of the uh, Tour de France. And so I'd, I'd really love to be, you know, on Mont Blanc with hundreds of crazy Dutch people up a mountain watching the Tour de France come through. But, I mean, that, that's, um, that's not a golden ticket. You need a camper van and a shed load of beer 
<laughs> and you're away as long as you get there early enough that's it um a free one but um yeah i mean i uh, i remember seeing the uh, 2012 olympics and uh watching mo farah doing the 10,000 meters and i think he's in you know this year's uh, olympics and if if they allowed people to go to that um then being on the finish line, watching the 10,000 metres with Mo Farrell running, that would be um, a real dream. Yeah, that would be what I'd go for. Sounds good. So next question, Happy G says, congratulations, GH. How did you first find FetchEveryone.com and what are your favourite things about it? Yeah, thanks, Happy G, for that. Um, the um, When I first got in touch with Fetch uh, or found Fetch, it was via a recommendation from Mr. K, who I knew from running park runs at uh, Frimley Lodge. Um, and um, I was looking for races to do, and uh, he said, oh, you need to get onto Fetch, because that's you can find all your local races are listed there. Um, so I did that, but as soon as I did that, I discovered um, that vast array of uh, statistics um, that you can um, delve into with all of your running and cycling. Um, so I was really in seventh heaven with, a, with the kind of um, stats geekery um, stuff I could get into there um, and found it really great for um, logging my training and developing training plans and that sort of thing. Um, it was only after a couple of years that I really got into um, using and delving into the forums because uh, there's so much available um, on any kind of topic related to running and cycling whether you're a um, really experienced athlete or um, or really new to it um, and and not only that there are so many other kind of um, hobbies and um, self-help kind of things you know if you've got any kind of problem whatsoever then you can really find an answer on the fetch forums um, and then over the last few years I've I've also managed to get into um, started blogging. Originally, that was just a um, race report, so mm. I had something to say about every marathon that I've done. So you know, you can search back through um, marathons ad nauseam through my blog. Um, but over the last um, year, through lockdown, there's been all sorts of other things going on. So uh, you know, there's a there's uh, any kind of issues that I've been having with, you know, like family and things like that. There have been things that have been useful for other people, you know, if they've got sort of experiences of, um, you know, family members with health issues, that sort of thing, um, or injury issues or um, how you um, deal with your own sort of mental health in a lockdown kind of situation, then, you know, there's something there to, to uh, blog about. And I'm, and I'm, you know really into that at the moment having doing the sort of daily blogging mm. uh, that uh, challenge that uh, fetches setters um yeah i'm giving that a good go um so i'm really getting something out of fetch not only with that but all the games and that and it's absolutely brilliant i find it's you know you don't have to be a, an athlete you can be whoever you want to be on fetch and that's just brilliant cool so speaking of the games, Snail asks, congratulations, Groundhog, of the fetch badges that you've earned, which of them were you most pleased to achieve? Uh, right. Um, well, probably the the, um, the most involved and silliest escapade, escapade was um, trying to get the one true ring in um, uh, that was, oh, fetch point, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Um, so um, that one, uh, that one took a lot of planning. I know I'd seen where the ring is, and, and if anybody doesn't know that, that um, the um, the fetch point game has this um, ring, which is like Lord of the Rings, and you have to try and um, figure out where it needs to go um, in a direction that is towards Mordor effectively, like Lord of the Rings. And uh, although the location of Mordor does seem to change. Um, it's very it's fluid water, once. isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. And um, at that time, it, it seemed to be heading from Bedford 
in a kind of generally westerly, southwesterly direction. Um, and I saw that it was in a tiny little hamlet just to the east of Swindon. And that was kind of doable for me because I could get on the train with my bike, bicycle and uh, go over that direction, uh, pick it up and then take it in a roughly southwesterly direction. That's what I thought I'd do and then cycle home. Um, which would get me loads of Concursi squares as well. That'd be brilliant. Um, but um, the uh, the day before I was due to go and try and get it, I think um, Barefoot M had the same idea. And she took it from, or she went from Swindon Station to pick up the ring. And then I think she did something else, did something with her phone and... Um, downloaded um, the results just to make sure that she had picked it up and of course it moved to just outside Swindon station where she'd been before and then when she set off again she didn't have it so fortunately for me it was right outside the station so I could go there pick it up and um, I headed then south to Avebury where it kind of left me and then cycled home um, a total of 70 miles cycling just to get this one badge wow <laughs> and I thought I was mad cycling 40 miles to move it three miles across Bedfordshire. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're cut of the same cloth, Dad, in that sort of Indeed. respect, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my wife just doesn't understand me in that respect. <laughs> <laughs> so, question from Chunky Wizard. What three things do most fetchies not know about you? Oh, blimey. Um, Right. Uh, yes, I'm trying to rack my brains about what things that I haven't blogged. Um, I grew up in Yorkshire. Uh, I was actually sort of born near London and then at a very early age, in the early 70s, um, <laughs> we moved up to Leeds. Um, and um, that, I think, is where I get my love of hills. Um, and I, 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 my absolute passion is doing... Um, trail marathons and the hillier the better really because um uh I, I kind of see hills as um a great excuse to have a rest for one mm -hmm. thing as in i'm on a trail marathon there's no time pressure you're never going to get a pb or anything like that you can just um briskly walk up uh, a big hill knowing that you've got a fantastic view coming up and then run everywhere else you know yeah. that sort of thing so i'm always looking forward to those kind of um uh, peaks to uh, to get something from um, not just the journey up them but you know there's you know that there's something wonderful at the top um, uh, oh yeah I, I have a sort of a passion of uh, making do and mending things you know and, and never wasting stuff so um, which drives my wife to distraction sometimes because I've got a garage full of bits of odd timber that I've kept for 30 years and things like that but you never know, do you? You never know exactly. when you're going to need that that <laughs> just sized piece of wood. Yes, precise. Yeah, and I've I've kept all sorts of things like that. I had a when we moved into this house um, 20 years ago, I um, um, I had to replace all the doors because they were all odd ones. So I replaced all the doors and then kept a few of them because I thought, well, maybe at some point I'll get into art, and a great big plain fronted door would be um, ideal to paint on. And um, it did take me over 10 years, but I, I kept a couple of those. And I've actually got some nice big paintings that I've managed to do um, uh, on those sorts of things um, and kept loads of spare parts and all sorts of things for, for um, previous washing machines, and all sorts of odd stuff. Just in case. Yeah, just in case. Um, I'm a, the other thing. Um, I'm a keen motorcyclist as well. And um I've had a motorbike pretty much all the time since the late 80s. Um, and uh, I used to use it every day going to work, but obviously I haven't for over a year. I've been, my home office is in my bedroom. Um, so uh, I've kind of been stuck there and the bike has not got any kind of use. Um, I, um, I've sort of been mad keen on old British bikes and have a triumph myself. So that's really what I'm, kind of my passion outside of sort of passion of all of the things that I like to do you know I, yeah. if I can get out and um, uh, have a trip around again I have another idea that maybe 
I could go on some really long, you know, round Europe adventure or something like that would be really good on a bike. Yeah. Good. Okay, our next question from Westmores. Congratulations, Groundhog. If you could meet anyone past or present, who would it be and why? Uh, Westmores. Um, yeah, Westmores sort of um, hits on a kind of thing that um, is something that I'm really keen on. I, mean, I, 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 I do marathons because they're a, a really big thing, you know, and hard and that sort of thing. But um, at the moment, because I know I'm not a super fit guy i'm never going to be sort of running those three hour marathon kind of things i um i get a lot out of them by um from the people that i meet i remember doing bournemouth marathon and um i knew that westmores was going to be on one of the aid stations and it was one of these places where you ran past that aid station twice once on the other side of the road and um and i saw her and sort of like stopped and waved and all that sort of thing whilst i was going it past her in one direction and then as we returned, I stopped at the aid station and stopped for a chat. And everybody around was thinking, what the hell is this crazy guy doing? He's in the midst of a marathon. He should be nailing his splits. <laughs> and I was more interested in saying hi to the Westmores. Um, so, um, but as far as people, um, I was, I remember as a, as a kid um, in the early 80s, um, is when I really first got involved in um you know, like watching and aware of athletics. And um, Steve Ovette was my hero. Mm -hmm. um, I was uh, not a massive fan of Sebco because Sebco really looked like he was um, not really enjoying it. Whereas Steve Ovette would finish races with a massive smile on his face, waving at the crowd and all that sort of thing as he burst through. Um, and uh, it really looked like he was enjoying it. So there was you know not only was he brilliant but he was having a good time as well so you know steve ovet would be somebody i'd really like to meet um and uh what would we talk about um yeah i'd say well i mean i thought about what was his motivation and loving what you're doing you know and that that sort of thing and i and i i, I kind of that chanted me and finding um different ways to motivate yourself to get mm. through the task in hand that kind of thing um they don't always have to be um you know uh hitting a pb every race and all that sort of mm. thing so that that'd be really good and then from outside of um running uh it would be um mick jones from the clash uh my all-time favorite band so i was kind of um got into music at the tail end of punk and into new wave and the clash was still really big when i was just sort of um, getting into that so that would be something that i'd really be keen on um just um talking to him about um writing and music uh and being on the road in the only band that matters <laughs> <laughs> that would be it cool okay so our next question is from pot hunter who says he's looking forward to having a beer at a future Thames Bridges Challenge, yes. and asks, who are your sporting and non-sporting heroes? Yeah, um, well, we had a um, a little bit of that already. I think the, um, so I mentioned already um, Steve Ovet, mm. um, and um, I'd have to say also Steve Cram, another sort of brilliant 1980s mm. middle distance yeah. runner, Everybody knows him from commentating on the uh, London Marathon at the moment, or all the other athletics that he's um, involved with. Um, but um, yeah, one of the things that um, I this is it sounds a bit strange, but um, if I'm if I'm I, I tend to have a go at a marathon at the moment, I'm able to run about halfway, and then I end up having a, quite a substantial walk break, and then I will have recovered. And the last three miles, I'm running. And the last mile, I'm running even quicker. Mm -hmm. And the last half mile, I'm thinking, right, keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. And in my head, I can see Steve Cram, 1985, Bislett, breaking a world record in the mile. And that's <laughs> that's who I'm channeling. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, he's, he's about a foot taller than me, and he looks like a Greek god. His hair's a bit different as well. <laughs> 
curly blonde hair and all that sort of thing. No beard. So, yeah. Um, so, but yes, yeah, you could see that's, I'm, I'm thinking of that, pick your feet up and all that sort of thing. Um, try and uh, try and keep your form going, all that sort of thing. So that that's, um, yeah, he would definitely be one of my um, sporting heroes to, to meet. Um, yeah. Um, and and non-sporting? Non-sporting. I was just sort of wondering who would it be, who would it be? And I kind of, um, you know what, I was trying to think of like famous people that I'd really want to, to um, meet or that I thought of as a, was it as a hero. But I think I, the people who are heroes to me are just ordinary people who are dealing with big problems. Um, and for ourselves, you know, we've had we've had some big issues with our daughter over the last year and a half or two, and um, and you know we're coming out the other side of that, and things are looking loads loads better. Um, and and I'd have to say my hero would be my wife, and you know how we've managed to pull together to to get through all of those things. So that's what I'm going to say for this one. Is she a fetchy? Uh, she's not, no, but she's, um, you know, she's really supportive of um, the silly things that I do on FETs just to be able to, you know, like going and get the one true ring or doing dull things like that. So, yeah, um, I'm at least allowed to um, play it being a big kid. <laughs> Excellent. So our final question is from Ness. He says, congratulations. What is the best piece of advice you've been given for either running or life in general? Um running well a running one is um just a sort of uh practical kind of thing on um buying shoes and i tell you i i have broken this in the last marathon i did i mean what i would say is um like buying shoes um some people say you can buy some buy some running shoes and you try them for a while and they will somehow get broken in and then they will be okay for you and I think that's a massive mistake. You're just breaking your feet in, aren't you, to the shoes? Yeah, exactly. If, you, if your shoes aren't absolutely the most comfortable thing you've ever put on your feet when you leave the shop, then they're not right for you. I mean, I, I would say, um, I, you know, if something doesn't feel absolutely perfect when, I'm, um, when I leave the shop, that I'm, um, I'm not going to put myself through hell running in shoes that don't suit me. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, that is one of the best bits of running advice. Now, uh, in my last marathon, two days before, I bought a pair of shoes and I never had that brand before. I'd never, I never I bought them online, so I hadn't even tried them on. I thought, right, I usually I'm a size 10. I need a wide fitting. They were available um, and they look nice. <laughs> and they seem to be quite <laughs> That's right. well cushioned and neutral. They were pair of new balance 1080s um but not the latest model and um and they were relatively cheap <laughs> so i bought those and um tried them on and they were absolutely wonderful so fortunately <laughs> and i and i wore them for a, a walk for about a mile and then wore them in a marathon <laughs> so as far as ticking all the boxes on what mm-hmm. not to do there you go um i did but as it turned out they were absolutely perfect so um yeah it worked out um get comfy shoes um and then i think something that i've learned really from um uh from life well actually from running marathons for one thing um but um is um how to motivate yourself or how to realize what you are able to achieve and if you find that um something is becoming really hard um like running a marathon and you're not fit enough to run a marathon which i'm kind of in that position a lot um and i could just beat myself up about it and get really down but um when i'm out running a marathon i can just focus on other things that make me happy you know and that's the sort of thing that that i would would um recommend it with anyone don't focus on the really bad negative thing like how much your legs are hurting focus on the fact that 
you're in a wonderful place running. There are nice people who are running with you. You get to listen to somebody's um, amazing story, that sort of thing. Um, all of those things can, um, you know, give you get your positive attitude back, get your um, your positive outlook on life back. And once you're in that sort of more positive frame of mind, then you can achieve so much more. You know, you will you'll you will um, not only start new things, but you can see them through to the end as well. So, yeah, that's that would be my advice. Sounds pretty good advice for for running and life in general. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. So we're we're through to the end of our questions. Thank you very much. Do do you have any message for the fetchies before we go? Oh dear, that's really put me on the spot, and I am unprepared. I think I mean it was really. Um, uh, some things that have come out of the um, blogging that I've been doing recently where I've been a little bit struggling to um, find something to say. And um, actually, when I've been out um, um, doing my daily walk at lunchtime, getting away from work, um, looking after my mental health, um, I've been doing the same route, um, you know, day after day after day. And um and yet I still managed to find little details of things around me that bring wonder and enjoyment, um, that sort of thing. So, you know, there's changing seasons. There are new flowers coming out. There's, um, you know, just some little detail in the in the church graveyard that I walk through that I've not seen before. And um, there's always something to learn. There's always something to uh, there's always something that's beautiful around you to um, uh, really give you a sort of more positive outlook on life. Thanks, guys. And that's one I'm definitely going to have to go back and listen to. Um, not because I haven't just listened to it, because I'm recording the show and we've just paused to insert that bit, but um, because it sounds like it'll be an interesting one. Mm, yeah, I'm um, looking forward to it. I'm, like, I'm going to listen to it as I edit today, so that'll be great. Thank you very much for doing that. We really appreciate it. And we've got a few um, bits and bobs in the in the podcast file, haven't we, from contributions that people have sent in. So we're, we're really pleased. But any other contributions that can come in um, are great. Any more mem member of the month interviews, brilliant. We love them. Yeah. And um, we really appreciate everything. So if you sent something in in the last couple of weeks and you haven't heard it, do not despair. We do not turn away any contribution at all. Yes, a healthy contribution is never never put to sleep. No. So, um, yeah, and just so you know, we record this actual podcast on um, an iPhone. Yes. So we tend to have both of our iPhones on record at the same time in case one of us happens to get a yeah. phone call or dead battery or something like that. But um, So you could record on your smartphone and just send a little clip to uh, podcast at fetcheveryone.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you, whatever it is that you're up to. I mean, you've heard the sort of stuff we talk about, so yeah. you could do that, right? Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so send those in. Um, and subscribe to the podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, other things. And visit forward slash podcast to leave your comments, questions, suggestions etc et and we'll see you next time who was that masked fetchy who ta bye no biscuit left behind